Welcome to Grass Talk Radio. This show is for people who play bluegrass music and anybody who might want to. Howdy folks, howdy, and welcome to Grass Talk Radio. Let me tell you what a difference a week can make. Uh, Last week, Jackson started back to school, so his school is 61 miles from the house. And, uh, I mean, it's a great thing. The school he's going to is called the Rainy McCullough School of the Arts. And, God, what I would have given to have been in the ninth grade and had an hour and a half of music every day. For him, it's piano. For me, you know, uh, I would have hoped for banjo classes or something like that. But, you know, you make sacrifices for the next generation, and I am totally into that right now. Uh, I'm not going to tell you the whole story of the whole thing, but uh, they're back in school. And you may recall one of the episodes I did where I was on a park bench or a picnic table at Rotary Park in Columbus. That's the sort of thing I'm doing again. As is my wife, dear Darlene, who, uh, by the way, you will be hearing the bug zapper in the background. It is, um, I've been up since four o'clock this morning and it's, it's about 5.30 right now. I've been uh, setting up the uh, telescope and uh, watching the stars. The clouds have come in now, so I put it all away. I saw a a major meteor last night. The brightest, biggest meteorite, meteor, you know, meteorite means it hits the ground and you find it, meteor that I've ever seen. You know, I set up out here facing north towards Polaris and I watched the stars and I was telling Darlene yesterday, I said, you know, I can tell what time it is because I go to bed early and I get up early. I didn't used to when I was playing all the time. You know, I'd come home at two, three in the morning or something. You know, drive all the way to Gainesville or something, play at Lake Lanier Islands and barely be able to get up in the morning to go to work. Now that I have uh, more of a uh, pastoral rural lifestyle, when you know when the chickens go to bed i go to bed and i feel a lot healthier because of that and then uh you tend if you go to bed when the sun goes down you tend to wake up at five o'clock in the morning four o'clock you know and you're just you've already had like seven hours of sleep it's just like i'm tired of sleeping so you get up um you know if the music business was happening a little more, I wouldn't be on this schedule, but that's the way it is right now. Uh, Jackson is doing so well with his music, and, you know, I've bemoaned the fact that I have tried to, um, you know, leave all the instruments out, the dobro, the mandolin, the banjos, the fiddles, and all this stuff, but the piano was his thing, and he just loves it. And... uh He's doing so well. I've seen these plateaus where he's he's struggling, and then I just hear him playing, and I'm like, I don't know if it's a recording or if it's him. He's really making progress. And 
let that be a lesson to you that if you love it and if you do it all the time your subconscious continues to process all that stuff and suddenly without any seeming um, effort on your part you will suddenly play much better than you used to play I'm hearing that in him maybe I'll have a little uh, a little example I, I sometimes you know record him just sitting over there in the chair and I see him playing and I'll record little snatches I might put something like that in here but anyway five o'clock in the morning it's that's like 9 30 to you uh, <laughs> and I'm I'm sitting out here the clouds have obscured the stars so I can't really watch the stars today anyway I jotted down a couple of ideas here and I was thinking about how similar you know bluegrass music and your commitment to bluegrass music and I do not believe that everyone should commit to bluegrass music only the true believers you know I mean nothing worse than someone committing to bluegrass music and they not really into bluegrass you know because they're gonna ruin it and you see this all the time you know if there's something else you want to do just go do that you know and come up with a new name for it you've heard me bellyache about that and you know I think the same is true in marriages if you marry a woman you guys out there and all you do is try to change her into something else you were the idiot not her you know what I'm saying what what one of the biggest problems in all of mankind is everybody trying to change everyone else into what they want them to be. Work on yourself. You be what you want to be and leave everybody else alone. That's, that's my, you know, philosophy, shall we say. But I thought I have a, a brown paper sack here. And I took a Sharpie just a few minutes ago and I jotted down 10 things 10 ways to play better bluegrass and if you don't want to play better bluegrass i don't know why you're even listening to this go listen to joe rogan or something go go listen to the ancient roman history or i don't care go listen to ghost stories and alien abductions or do something else because this podcast is for people who at least at the moment think they love bluegrass music and what I'm trying to encourage you is that determine is that true or not do you really love bluegrass and if you do open arms and if you don't go find what it is you do love I'm, I'm not here to have a million subscribers I'm here to help people who really want to play bluegrass and you have to know what it is to start with that is rudimentary okay anyway I'm getting off track already haven't even followed my little list here I hope you can hear the crickets can you hear them you'll probably hear the bug zapper all right this is gonna be a short one today I'm gonna to give you 10 ways to play better bluegrass number one 
be in for the long haul. You know, if you if you think this is going to happen quickly, you're wrong. Now, I don't care if you're 10 or 75 when you start, be in for the long haul. I mean, hey, that's a way to live to be 100, you know. It's going to take 15 years to learn how to play this stuff and to understand it and to decide whether or not you, in fact, really are a bluegrass person. You really love bluegrass or not. Make up your mind. Because I run into a lot of people at jams and stuff, and they're playing bluegrass. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're picking bluegrass. And they think bluegrass is this other thing, but they have like 10 compartments in their life, and they also love nine other things. Well, if you love those nine other things more than you love bluegrass, why don't you just go do that? Why waste your time messing up the bluegrass world coming in here and playing bluegrass like it's frickin' John Denver. It ain't. Although I do like John Denver, but it's not really my thing. Anyway, number one, be in for the long haul. You're not going to learn it quick because not only do you have a lot of skills to learn, you have a lot of history to learn. And throughout that process, you've got to decide is this something you're really into? Now, if you're born into it, that's different. You're, you're going to know it is part of your history. Uh, I mean, think of Del McCurry's kids. They didn't have to decide whether bluegrass was a major part of their life. But if, if you came from, you know, another realm, then you have to decide that. And if you decide it, go for it. And if you decide not, go for that. But it takes a long time. That's number one. Okay, let's move to number two. Decide if you can really love it. Can you commit to bluegrass? This is a lot like a marriage. You, you know, you're thinking about proposing to that gal and for a variety of reasons. And are you committed? Is this a lifetime thing for you? Are you in it for the long haul? Back to number one. Can you really, really commit? And if you can't, that's okay. Frankly, I, I, you know, I don't want people around that can't. I mean, it's kind of interesting sometimes to see people float in and out of the bluegrass world. And, you know, they've got different ideas and you know you can tell they're just kind of in it for the moment and then they're gone that's fine it's entertaining and it's fine a lot of lot of you know bill monroe's uh players went on to do other things you know his bass player played for uh hank williams and that's a completely different kind of music rooted in the same sort of uh a similar, well, let's just say they came from similar places, but they just evolved differently. And you'll see people that do that all the time. I, I'm just saying you will get farther if you will make up your mind. I've used a little analogy of, okay, you're rowing a boat. And you're going to row your boat from, oh, I don't know, Montauk Point, New York, to uh, London, you know, 
Well, you need to point your boat toward London. You know, you point it towards, uh, I, I don't know, Morocco or the Caribbean. You're not going to get to London, you know. Or if you do, it's going to take a lot longer. If you want to go to the Caribbean, point your boat to the Caribbean and start paddling or rowing. And if you want to go to Antarctica or New Zealand or wherever, point your boat there and go in that direction. I'm not saying you'll get there, but if you want to play bluegrass, point your boat in the bluegrass direction and start paddling. It's not going to help you to play bluegrass by listening to Bob Dylan songs. It's not. He 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 might have liked bluegrass. I I understand that he in fact did like bluegrass, but that is not going to propel you towards bluegrass unless you're trying to shift the definition of what bluegrass is, and I don't think you should do that. All right, number three, I've said this countless times, start a band, join a band. Now, you have to have some rudimentary skills before you can do that. Get to that point, get in a band. There's a guy here in America, I won't say his name, playing the mandolin, got interested in bluegrass, really didn't play all that well. I mean, no beginners play all that well got in a band and when you go hear him play with a band he sounds pretty good because a band gives you direction just like a family gives you direction your wife and kids and job and obligations they give you a direction in life and they allow you to those forces allow you to maximize your potential you take that same guy, throw him into some wild jam with Chris Thiele or something, he'd be lost. But he sounds really good because he figured out, what do I need to do? Like, I'm in this band and the mandolin kicks off this song. Okay, now he knows what he needs to work on. And he works on that and he sounds pretty good at it. And then I have a break, or we do this ending, or I sing this harmony part, or whatever. You learn what your, what your part is, what is your role in this thing we call bluegrass, and it's a lot easier to do that in a band setting than a jam session. As big as I am on jams. All right, number four, crinkling the paper bag. Learn all you can. If you think that you're beginning to get it and you're beginning to know some things, you are probably just barely scratching the surface. I've been doing this for 40-some years. And I, the more I do it, the more I know what I don't know. So kind of embrace that, you know? Know what you don't know. When you know what you don't know, then you can work on knowing what you don't know. You see what I'm saying? I've seen so many people download my 
um, mandolin treasure chest. Right there, it's two years worth of lessons. And then I've seen some of these people who just ignore it all. <laughs> they just keep doing what they're doing. They've, they've got it. It's right there in your lap. And uh, don't bother to, you know, like, because they heard something on, I don't know, YouTube or this or that. And it's, you got to learn how to focus. And uh, those things you don't know, get in there and figure out how to know them. You know, I wish some of these people that have bought the Mantle and Treasure Chest would just contact me and say, hey, Brad, look, could you explain this or this or this? Now, I admit, it's, it's my explanation. You might get a different explanation from David Grisman or Sam Bush or, you know. But I'm happy to do that. If you, if you purchase the Mantle and Treasure Chest and email me once a week, I'm not going to complain. I might complain after like 10 years of it. I mean, come on, dude. You know, you know, you only get so much sugar for a dime, you know, but, but I'm willing to help, but people don't do it. They, they, they download the mandolin instruction course. They download mandolin masterclass. They don't, and they don't email me. They don't say, Hey, this thing on page 69, what does that mean? People, people just don't do it. I don't know why. I'm here. I'm right here. And frankly, I don't have much else to do other than feed the cats, the donkeys, the dogs, the chickens, and mow grass. That's about all I'm doing right now. In fact, I'm seven days away from officially retiring. So uh, I'm, I'm open to that. Just You got a question, ask. Learn. Learn all you can. Know what you don't know. Number five, be true to yourself. Don't kid yourself. If you're not really into bluegrass, are you doing bluegrass a favor by pretending you're into bluegrass? Bluegrass is a very special tribe. And there are people who come in and out of it who are not dedicated to bluegrass. And I'm not saying you have to make a lifetime commitment like a monk and you know, have a, have a shrine to Bill Monroe, like I do. Um, you don't have to do that. You can kind of be in it and kind of be out of it, but you're not going to make it very far in bluegrass unless you are truly dedicated to bluegrass. And you first of all, you probably ought to figure out what the heck bluegrass is. That'd be a good project for probably a lot of my listeners. What the heck is bluegrass? And then number six, there is a moth flying around here attacking this paper. Number six, immerse yourself. Learning, listening. Try to get tunnel vision. And I would say this is true, like, you know, I was making the analogy to uh, bluegrass. You know, getting involved in bluegrass is like a marriage and family. Because it is a family. It's a family. And with your family, are you half committed to your family or fully committed to your family? 
or maybe should be committed because of your family. Um, you know, you make the choice. You marry someone, maybe some children come along. <laughs> you know, the stork brings them. Are you dedicated to that? Is this your one sole object in life, is to make your family the best it can be? Well, that's just like bluegrass. You want to join the family? Say those vows. Stand up there before God and everybody. Make your commitment. And then fulfill it. Do it. And you're in the bluegrass family. That's how it works. And it requires a bit of tunnel vision. You have to put aside distractions. You know, all right, you're standing up there and you're about to say your wedding vows to your lovely bride. And look at all those bridesmaids standing out there. You need to put that out of your mind. You need to be dedicated to the one thing. You can't keep, you cannot be true to your um, beliefs and your, your dedication. You cannot have dedication if you're still out there fishing. You know what I mean? And fishing is fine because I want you to find the thing that you like. Maybe it's heavy metal or rap or classical music or playing the tin whistle in an Irish band. I don't care what your thing is, but find it. And when you've found it, embrace it and go full bore, 100% dedication towards it. Now, you, make them, you may make mistakes in that. Certainly, plenty of people marry the wrong person. That happens all the time. We all know about that. But when you found the thing, just dedicate your whole life to it. And you will go a lot farther than the people that jump around from thing to thing. That's what I'm saying. All right, number seven, start thinking about the next generation. If you, you know that bug zapper? Huh. A little mosquito just got fried in the electric chair. <laughs> I don't even care. Oh, and speaking of, I don't even care about bugs. I'm not too big on bugs. And I bought a, a thing just um, a couple weeks ago called the Bug Assault 3.0. Oh, my God. I found this thing, and it's a, it's a little, it looks like a Nerf gun or something, but it shoots salt. It's basically an air gun that shoots salt. And I have killed probably 250 flies with this thing. It's just so much fun. It's like hunting season every day, and you don't need a license. The Bug Assault 3.0 is just great. I sent one to my brother-in-law up in New York, which is funny. In New York, they can't order them on Amazon because they classify them as a gun. But you can order them direct from the company, and they, they do ship. Anyway, so my brother-in-law up there in New York is killing flies around the barbecue grill. These things are great. Get yourself a bug assault. Uh, they should pay me for that endorsement. Bug assault 3.0 is my choice. They come in camo as well, by the way. Number eight, 
study those. Oh, did I do number seven? Yeah, how many, how many kids have you taught? You could be playing a year and see some little kid kind of looking at your banjo or your mandolin or something. Let him try it. Put it in his lap. Let him strum on it. Let him hit a... You know, I've sat there at Pat's place with my dobro in my lap, and here comes some little kids up there. I'm like, hey, you want to try this? And give them the bar. Let them put the bar on there and start strumming that thing and working that bar. You know, are you helping the next generation? If you're not, you're a selfish beep. Because that's, if we don't have the next generation, we will not have bluegrass in the future. Okay? Help the next generation. Now, you're going to fail with some. I mean, there was this kid, I, I was, you know, trying to teach mandolin and stuff, and then he got really into, like, electric guitar and stuff. He used to bring his electric guitar to his mandolin lesson. And it's kind of weird. But, <laughs> um, but, you know, he was trying to find his direction. And yeah, I don't fault him for that. All right, number eight. Study those who have come before you. You think bluegrass is your thing? Well, find out everything you can know about bluegrass. Buy a few books. Listen to the old records. You don't just happen to listen, have to listen to the current stuff that's coming out. Go back and find out what they were listening to or what their fathers were listening to and their fathers were listening to. You know, learn something about it. Know a little something about it. Number nine, involve your family. Now, I know you can't not involve your family. You're going to play bluegrass. I'm sorry, your family's involved. You're playing that banjo at 10 o'clock at night. Your family is involved. They're in there trying to watch the Disney Channel, and you're playing that dadgum banjo. You know, so you will involve your family, but uh, and they may not get it. But one thing is for sure: they may not get it, but they will never forget it. And maybe you can get them involved. You know, go to some bluegrass festivals, have a little camp out. Uh, you know. Cook some food. Invite your friends around the old campfire. Play some bluegrass music. And then, you know, at 2 in the morning, maybe knock it off so your wife can sleep. Or buy her a bass. And if you buy her a bass, get her my bass instruction course. My complete bass learning system. She'll be a much better bass player. And she'll be able to participate. Alright, number 10. This is the last one. I'm done. Stop trying to do or be everything or nothing. I've kind of already talked about this in this list. It's funny how the same things keep coming up over and over. But if you're trying to do everything, play everything, be everything, eh, you know, you're spreading yourself too thin. Try to focus in. Try to do something. Do something. Be good at something. I would much rather hear, like, if I go to a jam session, there's a couple of mandolin players that are clearly beginners. You know, they've been playing a few years or something. And it comes around to them in the jam. And the crowd says, hey, hey uh, Bob, what do you want to do? And the guy says, let's play Salt Creek. 
Everybody goes, okay, what key? And A, key of A. All right, people putting their capos on. And the dude kicks it off and just plays it well. I don't care if he plays anything else the whole night that sounds good. I can tell he's been really working on that. And it sounded good. For a moment, he was playing bluegrass. He was doing well because he focused. Focus. Focus. It was an old joke. No, I'm not going to tell that old joke about the cliff and the camera. <laughs> if you know that joke, you know what I'm talking about. Focus. Do something and do it as, to the best of your ability. Do that. It, it doesn't do you much good to be like, eh, kind of, sort of, all right, you know, whatever. I'm faking it through everything. I'd rather you have five tunes that you can just play the snot out of. And then work on number six and number seven. Then to be like, half beep on everything you know what i mean pick something really bore into it really get into it and really try to master that thing and from doing it hey the rooster just woke up man i'm getting up way too early master that one thing and in doing so you will be mastering things that you haven't even tried yet. This is what people don't get. They think if they can just fart around and fool around, you know, somehow it's all going to come together. Pick something and do that something. When you walk down the aisle, arm in arm with your bride-to-be, dedicate yourself to it 100%. Do everything you can to make the best of what you have chosen to do. If you are half-hearted about it, you might as well just quit right now, you know? Because there'll be somebody else replace you tomorrow, you know what I mean? Get into it. Totally, 100%, get into it. All right, the rooster's up. He's making too much racket. I will talk to you guys and gals in the next episode. See ya. Thank you.